Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Two more hours to go. I mean, we this is this is the problem with some of the Friday shows and some of the shows in general. There's just so many tangents. Like right now, I want to talk to you. If, if we were to reveal everything we were discussing, right? We had the question from Matt in Greensboro. Who would play you in a movie if there was to be a movie about you? We had some Jonah Hill references on the text line. We had... A great burn from Gator Rube, who said Common could not play a rapper from Chicago. Yeah, that was that was really good. <laughs> oh, Jonah Hill for Madden. I would not hate that. But he's probably not tall enough, though. He's not tall. It's but easy. see, I, I was talking about this. I don't really have an issue all the way with with height because, like on Wu Tang, the guy that plays Ghostface, he's he's not nearly as tall as Ghostface. Like I think that's hard to get. To check off yeah. all the boxes when you're casting somebody. Yeah, I think height is harder to replicate than weight, though, because you just put a fat suit on someone. Yeah. Height sure. would be a little bit harder. I like Jonah Hill. Um, and we were talking about Menace to Society. Yeah. And just how hard that movie hit the first time you watched it. Yeah. Wherever you were. And I remember the first time I watched it in the opening scene, you were discussing, spoiler alert, when <laughs> five, From four, three, years ago. two, one. Spoiler. Yeah. All right, now you know. When Kane died in that movie, that's what hits you crazy hard. Yeah, like it was it was scenes, like I said, I knew that people were doing that type of stuff, but those scenes were so powerful, like the end of Boys in the Hood when they got uh when when they got who killed Ricky, like they just hit so hard because uh, you know, you would just watch it because I, I I couldn't believe the main character had died. Like when Kane got killed, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, this doesn't happen. I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He's supposed to be okay and be in the hospital he's, and then he'll be good. In Atlanta. But he was gone. And I said, and remember how it ended with him saying that he had done too doom, much doom, to go doom, forward doom, and too doom, much to go back. Doom, 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 right. Doom, doom. What? That's what was happening. Yep. So for me, it's the opening scene in that one. As soon as that clerk says, I feel sorry for your mother. Yeah. My eyes got real. I was eating popcorn. <laughs> what? My eyes were wide open. Like, yeah. no, no, he's cool. Just leave him alone. He don't want any trouble. Then when they got Ricky. Yeah. We don't get that anymore, man. Those those movies with those powerful scenes. When they got Ricky. You're talking about. Oh, then when they took him back to the house. You're talking. Come on, the baby don't need yeah. to be seeing this. No, no. And then Kane, hey, oh. shout to Kane for saving him. Now, <laughs> what got us on that topic, by the way, was the fact that somebody said Wes looks like. Unfortunately, the dude that yeah, the guy came in the ground. He was yeah. play his, He was, and he played bad roles. So not a guy I want to be compared to. Every movie he did something foul. Players Club. I don't want to go into it, but he was foul in there. Yeah, menace. But I did have to admit though, because I told my grandma way back then. I said, Granny, I said they 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 uh, they say I look like this guy right here. <laughs> and then she saw him and she's like, Yeah. She's like, look, I got to give it up. She's like, problem. You do look like, and I had to admit it too. Look, I. I'm gonna look up his name. Look, but but he looks like a lamer version of you. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I mean, I will look, and this is no joke, man. He looks like a lamer version of you. <laughs> Unless you just need to hit us with a partner real quick. You know? 
You remember me, partner? <laughs> he said, what's up now, partner? <laughs> oh, no. That's the worst thing, man. Is it good that we moved on as a society from that word, or do you think that needs to come well, back? See, I kept it alive for a he long did. time, and he I did. would say it off of uh, what he would say. Now, Wolfpack James says, no, Wes looks just like T.J. Warren. The first time I looked up a picture of Wes, man. I said, I wish I had a class with that guy. Like T.J. Warren. Now, that one I don't I've I've heard that one. I don't necessarily agree with that one. The Jameis Winston, I don't agree with that one either. Yeah, people have said Jameis Winston on the text line. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So if we do movie roles, a couple of actors that I've gotten before, I've gotten John Krasinski before. Okay. Jim from The Office, in case you don't know the name. I've also gotten um, a very flattering one, and maybe not to Miley Cyrus, or I don't know if it's Chris or Liam, but I got, I think it was Liam Hemsworth is what I got one time. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I appreciated it. But those are the two that people have put on me. I've been mistaken for athletes before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever been mistaken for an actor before. Mm. And it's not because of my athletic build. It is because of my face and how I looked like with some of those people. That's what it is. You know what's interesting, though, man, is that I saw a thing about the guy who got Ricky. Remember the guy that put the uh, thing out the window and got Ricky? Yes. He was like like that in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually went to prison for real murder. So he played like a Like, he was for then. real, for real. <laughs> like, they say he was for real, for real. Well, I hope that your guy isn't real like that no because if so and he heard me say he was lame then i I don't want those problems no 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 i don't want that like smoke that. he was an actor a d-list actor um that. simon says wrote in don't read too much into this but michael c hall would definitely play me in a movie if you don't know who michael c hall is he is the main character in dexter the series about a quote-unquote vigilante serial killer okay so simon says okay little worried about that 100%. We can move on and talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers, but I do want to keep that conversation going on the text line, so feel free to text 704-570-9610. Joe Person released an article here, Wes, about the five big holes on the Carolina Panthers roster, something that Scott Fitterer still needs to address. The number one mention here is outside linebacker, edge rusher, however you want to put it, that is the position that they roll with. And it's something that we've talked about. Like yesterday, I brought up Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Matt Bowen also referenced, I believe, in a recent ESPN article about some of the key free agents still out there to be had, that a perfect fit would be Leonard Floyd and the Carolina Panthers because you could put him in a bunch of different pass rushing packages, something that you might be a little lacking, certainly opposite of Brian Burns right now. Would you agree that that's the number one hole on the roster as it currently stands outside linebacker edge rusher? Yeah, no doubt about it, because when you look at their depth chart as it stands right now, they have Frankie Louvu and Shaq as the two inside linebackers, which surprises me. I would have thought that Frankie Louvre would be a guy they put on the outside, but they have uh, YGM out there. He took Gross Matos as the other linebacker. And so if he continues to trend the way he has, you're not going to get much out of that side. Now, maybe with this 3-4 defense with some of the exotic things they can do, free him up, mm, maybe. But we talked about this yesterday. What's the difference between when you said a defense that could go from where they were when you're talking about in the bottom teams in scoring defense and you look at the top defenses, if you, especially in the echelon, you want them to be in top 10, top five. We looked at sacks because that's the key to everything. And so the Panthers ranked uh, you know, near the bottom of the league in a bottom tier that you don't want to be in. And it was a difference of about 15 sacks when you talk top five and about 
uh, 10, 12 when you talk about getting into that top 10 as a team. So I said they need to find a guy on that other side that they can get minimum six sacks out of, I'd say. But if you can get another double-digit guy, obviously everybody would want that. But I would say bare minimum, you need to find six or seven sacks out of someone to man that other outside linebacker spot. Joe also references number two being not just cornerback, but nickel cornerback. And then number three, power running back. So Mm -hmm. some specialized positions here. Now, I want to go to three first because you lose Deontay Foreman, who is a power running back. Chuba Hubbard, he runs pretty hard between the tackles. He does. And that's why I think it's okay to move on from Deontay. If you're to ask me who I think is better, I think Foreman is better. But also, Wes, you brought to my attention and you brought to the rundown Cynthia Freeland having Chuba Hubbard as one of the more underappreciated guys in the NFC, certainly the division. And I will say, we've talked about this a few times, Chuba did impress me even more so in the second half when Steve Wilkes was the head coach and you started to allocate a lot more of the offense to the run game. Chuba did a nice job when you handed him the football. Yeah, he did. And so I I found that article interesting, and I know that he's going to step up uh, his level of intensity even more with them having Miles Sanders there because I'm sure maybe he thought that with Deontay leaving that he might be the guy that they look to, but – She talks about how he took a big step forward as a runner and a receiver. He had a bump up in yards per carry, 4.9 from 3.6, and in yards per reception, 12.2 from 7.0. But then, to your point about running between the tackles, he averaged 5.05 yards per carry between the tackles last year per the next-gen stats, and that was eighth in the NFL. So I feel like he's there, the running back that they want, as far as getting tough yards in between the tackles, that running back is on your roster. He showed you last year he's one of the top 10 in the league and running between the tackles. So I I, I disagree. If I were to say anything, it's that third back because you know attrition is going to affect your running back room at some point in the season. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, they're not going to play all 17 games. If not, you're a very, very fortunate football team. So to me, it's going to be who is the third guy Blackshear, we know what he can do as, as a dual threat, but when you have to step up and find a guy that's going to be the man for a couple of weeks, I mm-hmm. think that's where they need some depth as a third back. All right, people have some mean-spirited and also some funny people that would play me in a movie, Uh-oh. so we can get to that in just a moment. We also have some positions being written in here, the text line, on what they should, uh, what Carolina should focus on. Got some Cam Peoples references. Tar Hill Kevin said Cam Peoples is big enough, 6'2", 225. Somebody wrote in that they have a running back from App State that might be able to fill that role. Yeah. It's just going to be hard for Cam Peoples to make the roster when you did invest a draft pick. Now, not necessarily this regime because Matt Rule was here and it was his wife that was responsible for them drafting Chuba Hubbard. Now he's not here. Matt Rule's wife isn't here anymore. You still have Scott Fitterer. And again, we're trying to give credit to Chuba for the way that he was able to improve last season. I just don't know if. Cam Peoples is going to be the guy, especially with the lack of pass catching that he showed at App State. If I don't remember, though, I think those numbers were pretty damn low. So I don't know if that's going to be the role for him. Um, but what about nickel cornerback, Wes? Because Dante Jackson on the outside, J.C. Horn on the outside. Do you trust Jeremy Chin enough to play big nickel? And if so, no. 
then who else is, is it just something that you're going to have to go find out there on the open market and live with as a weakness? Well, maybe Jamie Robinson could come in and be that guy for you because they talked about how he's already establishing himself. They said his coverage was already turning heads in minicamp. I know it's minicamp, OTAs, whatever, but they said that, you know, he's a versatile guy that I feel like that the Panthers will eventually feel like they have to get on the field in some capacity. But I would definitely say nickel because you look at your number two corner, Dante Jackson, in my opinion, is not a guy that you can depend on for the coverage that you need on the other side, and especially if J.C. Horn goes down. So you know if your two isn't necessarily up to snuff, then your three definitely isn't because if your three was, he beat out the two. So mm. um, I would say right. that that's the way I see that one, but that could be a way that Jamie Robinson could get on the field this season. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if those guys could be underappreciated players now that start to, you and, know. And to your point about 10 really quick, is just the size factor. Like, I, th- I think he's a heck of an athlete. Well, when he, he has the guard, coverage. Yeah, when he ha- and especially when you have to guard those little guys in the slot when you can't get hands on them. That's hard to do, especially if you got a quick, twitchy guy. Well, and I know it's special. It's special, big nickel. It's not just necessarily you know normal nickel cornerback. So, sure. like, I, but but still, I'm kind of with you on some of the reservations there. Now, okay, underappreciated guys. I wonder if Hayden Hurst could reach this because mm-hmm. this is someone. He's a solid tight end. I think we initially had some. At least a little disagreement on him, but like for the most part, I, I you like. You thought he was trash. No, okay, here we go. <laughs> That's, I don't think he's trash. I don't think he's trash. I like the pickup. I do like Hayden Hurst. I think he's going to be a solid tight end. What's an interesting argument if you are pro Hayden Hurst, maybe even breaking out more so than he usually does, is the fact that Frank Reich has had success with tight ends in mm-hmm. his offense before. I think I heard Smoke made this uh, reference yesterday about Eric Ebron. Remember when he was mm-hmm. drafted very high? you know, higher than normal for some of the tight ends that have been drafted in the first round doesn't really give you, doesn't live up to the potential in Detroit goes to the Colts and has, it feels like a million touchdowns is in a big part for that offense where Frank Reich is your head coach and designing that scheme. You're also talking about Mo Alley Cox being bred in that offense, right? Now they like Jelani Woods up there with the Colts who at least got on the field a little bit with Frank Reich. You can see some of these tight ends improve with Reich as the head coach. I think that's good for Tommy Tremble, who has a lot of ability, and I'm not willing to write off yet, but also potentially for Hayden Hurst here, West, especially with a rookie QB. Yeah, I think that this is a guy, when you look at the production he had, and we talked about it, I just felt like that he was able to establish himself in an offense that featured premier playmakers and was still able to make his presence felt. And so that's the thing where I feel like he will be dependent upon even more this season. I mean, 52 catches when you have to play with T. Higgins and um, Jamar Chase, I think that's no small feat. And Tyler Boyd as well, one of the league's best slot receivers. So I think for him to chip in with 52 catches, I think that's pretty healthy for him. And I think in his offense, his role will ascend. So I could see him increasing that by 15 to 20 catches uh, perhaps, and you talk about it being a tight end friendly offense. So I think that he's excited about that. I think the team is excited about that. And obviously Bryce Young is a guy that if you get open, he's going to find you still a relatively young player entering his sixth season. So I think the sky is looking up for Hayden Hurst. Well, and I wonder too, because if you look at Eric Ebron, what he did in 2018, he had 750 yards and 13 touchdowns. 
the next year doesn't have as much production, but only played 11 games with his 375 yards. But remember, you also had Jack Doyle really helping out in that fashion, too. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if there are some there is some room for two tight ends to be productive at some point with Thielen Chark. I just think there's going to be too many mouths to feed, so to speak, here with before you can really see Tommy Trimble and Hayden Hurst have a Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron type of approach. But I, I, I like, OK, Hurst being somebody that can help you right now. And then maybe Tommy Trimble still holding out hope that he can help you out in the future. I I hope that that's something that this team can bring you going forward. Um, We got some other texts rolling in talking about who would play me, who would play themselves in a potential movie and who would play you, Wes. We'll get to some of that (laughs) and some second overall Charlotte Hornets discussion coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Queen City, can we get down? This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ in Charlotte FC. Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels. Pepsi, empowered by the Garage Door Guru text line, only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And if you're enjoying the show, if you miss it, or whatever the case may be, go look up the Wesson Walker Podcast on the WFNZ app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast what we got going over there on the text line all right so i've got a lot to get to with some of the people that would play us in movies and themselves i did want to read because there was a play on one of the text messages this one from simon says he said don't read too much into this but michael c hall would definitely play me in a movie Uh, me as in himself i think is what he's saying so that's what simon says wrote and then people wrote one six one nine said yeah walker don't take this the wrong way but you look like a serial killer Ha ha dying. Okay. Twitter Chris said, quote, don't read too much into this, end quote, is exactly something a serial killer would say. Right. So now I'm a little worried about Simon Says if he ever meets us. 704 got it really rolling when he said Walker looks like Eddie Munster. That's messed up. Um, 704 said Walker played by Alan Alda. Since when did I become like an old dude from MASH? Why Why am I being played by Alan Alda? That's an OG that said that to you right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, Casey Steve said a lanky Jason Bateman for Walker. Could you see that? Yeah, I you, could see that. A lanky. Why does it got to be lanky? Right. <laughs> a lanky Jason Bateman. Um, Big Cat Dan wrote about himself. Wesley Snipes for me. 
My friends say I look like Blade when I put on my my shades. So that's what he said. Okay. Um, Matt in Greensboro, Ashton Kutcher as Walker. He has the stoner look down, Pat. Yeah, that's true. It's I can great, see that. It's a great one. This is, I'd rather be played by Michael C. Hall than, than Wolfpack James reference here. I hate it. B.J. Novak plays Walker's role. Because B.J. Novak is Ryan on The Office, who is just, outside of Gabe, is my least favorite character on The Office. And so that one really hurts. The dude that plays Gabe is a good guy for you. Yeah, that see, that's those are fighting words, and that's like the worst one here. You you just know. You know exactly what to do, Fiddy. You're so good at it. Wolfpack James said, I got to figure out Wes. Maybe the all-American actor who plays Spencer Daniel Ezra. Okay, I can get with that. Okay. Samuel Monroe Jr. is the guy that uh, people say I look just like back in the day. Who is he on, or what movies? He was... Uh, the guy that got King. Okay. Oh, really? Okay, yes. gotcha. Um, 704 also said Wes could be played by Damon Wayans. Maybe a younger version? Yeah, I could see that. Damon Wayans was funny, though. Oh, I'll yeah. take that. He's fantastic. He's a uh, Cowherd said, I get young Martin Lawrence vibe for Wes. Like Martin <laughs> days, but he would have to do something. Now, you're talking about not matching the up role. the height. That would be that would big be, contrast. I don't, I don't mind it, though. If you just completely ignore height, then yeah. I mean, who's going to turn down Martin playing him? No, yeah, 100%. 704 said Walker could be Tom Cruise. And there's another height one. There you go. <laughs> Who's going to turn that down? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it would be very different. Uh, Ty the Goldfish said there are only two people that could play Walker, Johnny Knoxville or Steve-O. I guess he's calling me a jackass, I guess, is what he's doing right I there. So and then key. 704 said, uh, final one, Fiddy is played by Parks and Rec Chris Pratt, not, not Jurassic World Chris Pratt. Oh, I know Fiddy's excited for by that either way is that cool for you you'd be played by chris pratt but only at parks and rec not in jurassic park yeah yeah parks and rec chris pratt uh is pretty good the bloopers from that show alone are pretty much right up my alley uh yeah it's fantastic um all right we're getting a lot more um we've got get uh scrolling scrolling chach doctor said walker ziggy from the wire it's a show that i have not seen I haven't seen it. I know people kill me for it, but I need to I need to watch it. And uh, last one, Craig Robinson for you, Wes, also another Office character. I don't think you guys look very much no, alike. No, hell no. And he is one of the corniest guys ever. Oh, but Don't you ever. Dang, I think you just insulted my humor because <laughs> I kind of like him. <laughs> you like him? You like the he's, pizza commercials too? But, well, it's The Office. The, the Office, I think he's very good. And so that's really the only thing. I've not seen Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> but I know he's in that. I just like him from the office. Yeah, man. That's I why I like him. Down with that. You can we can move on if you want to though. We can talk about something else if you want. Uh yeah, so let's go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, unless unless you want me to do it. Let's I, get I can the, lead it somewhere. Let's else. get off the Craig Robinson. I, okay. I just That's ugh, fine. Boy. All you right. So number two overall pick talk. It's been a hot topic here, hot topic everywhere. <laughs> so uh do we expect Whomever it may be, whether it's Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, do we expect either one of these guys to start year one? Yeah, I think this is going to be fascinating to see how the fans would react to this if Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller was drafted number two overall and they didn't start. Yeah. And Wes, I don't think they are. I don't think either one of them is going to start. Okay. Because right now you still have Terry Rozier on the roster. Even if you don't like Terry Rozier or somebody might not like him, Steve Clifford likes him. And he's had some pretty nice things to say he's about Terry. And he's a vet. And offensively, we know that Terry can be very good. 
And so to have LaMelo and Terry in the backcourt together once again, maybe Scoot would take over a starting role if Terry was traded. But at the beginning of the season, I don't think Scoot Henderson is going to come in and start right away over the starting two guard alongside LaMelo. And you know LaMelo is not sitting. That's stupid. So it's really Terry, and I don't see it happening. I don't think Scoot starts right off the bat. I don't think it happens. We go to Brandon Miller. If he's selected, I think there's a slightly better chance that he would start than Scoot. I still don't think it would happen. The only reason I say I think there's a slightly better chance is, one, remember Miles Bridges is going to be out for the first 10 games, whatever team he plays on, most likely the Hornets. So you don't have Miles to worry about as far as the starting role goes. I could see some kind of plan to bring Gordon Hayward off of the bench in order to bring him on some kind of minutes restriction. Brandon Miller's not going to be your starting four. He's going to be your starting three. He's he's pretty much going to have that position. So PJ would start at the four. Mark clearly starting at the five. That's why I think there's a better shot that Brandon Miller would start than Scoot. But I still think that these guys would not start until you get to the trade deadline. We'll see if any of these guys move, whether someone wants to free up $30 million in cap space and so they trade for Gordon Hayward, or whether somebody values Terry Rozier, even despite the contract, and they trade for him. I think it would be trade deadline time before you saw either one of these guys be a part of the initial starting five. That's what I would think, or either they're going to make a move during the draft. Something has to give, though, because if you bring back Miles Bridges, well, he's a three, pretty much. And if you draft Brandon Miller, he looks to be a three, too. So what's going to happen? Because what's your long-term plan for Miles Bridges? Are you going to have this year be a prove-it year and then sign him to the extension that he would have gotten? If that's the case, then are you going to move Terry Rozier so Brandon Miller can start at the two? Or Scoot Henderson as well. What's going to happen there? That's why I think something happens draft night. Uh, or maybe even a little bit before that, I think somebody gets dealt probably going to be Terry Rozier because you think he, dra- that's that's a big call. You think Terry Rozier's traded draft night if they draft Scoot? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think at some point he's going to get traded either draft night or before because he frees up either situation. Because if you want to start Brandon Miller's career at the two, then I think you have to move Terry Rozier and then Scoot Henderson especially. So if I were to chip in and say, which I am doing, uh, <laughs> which one will start, I will say both of them could start because, or both of them will start. I'll be definitive because I just don't see you drafting a guy at two and not starting. It. Well, it's it's happened. It happens. It, hap- it does happen, but I think if these guys come in and are as advertised, I think they start. So if we go to LaMelo Ball, who was not number two, but number three, mm-hmm. James Brago decided not to start LaMelo Ball right off the bat. Yeah, And it was February 1st before LaMelo endured his first start and then didn't sit the bench ever again. Some of that was, I think it was because of a Terry Rozier injury that opened up the door for LaMelo to start initially. And then you just had injuries along the way to Devontae Graham, who was on the team at that time, I think undergoing a most improved player of the year campaign, either that year or the, the, I forget which year it was. I think it was that one. But you had Devontae, you know, starting to come up a little bit more. You had Terry Rozier that was hurt, but... Like, you didn't know which one to start, so LaMelo had to wait a little bit. Yeah. I think Borrego waited, like, a little long, but I I thought I liked the way that he was brought into the system. You don't put a lot of pressure on him right away, 
playing point guard is hard. I mean, you are responsible for a lot of things, especially if you don't have anybody else to help you with the ball handling responsibilities. So I think I kind of like the way that James Brago handled LaMelo Ball at the beginning. I think he waited maybe a month too long, but who cares, right? Like it's it's whatever. It doesn't hurt his development going forward. If you go back to some of the other second overall picks, Marvin Bagley didn't start right off the rip. Yeah. Now, yeah, he's kind of a bust, right? but it's not like Sacramento had all this talent playing over him and Marvin Bagley didn't start off the rip. D'Angelo Russell, I think he started all but two games as rookie, or maybe it was like all but the first half, whatever. I think Lonzo did, too. I think Lonzo started off Lonzo was starting. Lonzo was starting, if I'm not mistaken, kind of looking at some of those Lakers picks. Regardless, it's it's not like a foregone conclusion. There's enough of a sample to where the number two overall pick, you'll sit. I just, I'm just interested in whether you're going to trade Terry or someone else to open up a spot for a Brandon Miller or a Scoot. And here's another question I'll ask you and the text line, 704-570-9610. I actually think that it's an advantage in some regards to have Terry if you draft Scoot at least for a year. Like, that makes sense to me. Or or even half a year, right? Whether, he, whether he's dealt at the deadline, whether he's dealt next offseason, and you still have Terry as some kind of vocal leader. It's not like you're contending for real playoff maneuvering here. You can possibly get a top six. But I don't think that it's all that bad of an idea to keep Terry if you go for Scoot or keep Gordon, keep some of these other guys if you draft Brandon. It's not a bad thing to have more veterans, man. Teams that tank and just go all in on only young players, that's why guys can't ever figure it out when you go through the process and do the whole losing all the time thing. Now, another scenario that's out there while we're talking about trades and Hornets guards, Kevin O'Connell mentioned the Celtics, perhaps if they decide to break this team up, pursuing LaMelo Ball if Charlotte drafts no, no. Henderson and picking up Jalen Brown in his place and said this could be a very quick way for the Hornets to get on the path to the playoffs and maybe some success. Is there any reason to trade LaMelo? Would the Hornets do this? Yeah, man. I, I don't think there's any reason to trade him. And so this is exactly what Kevin O'Connor was mentioning. said, if the Hornets plan on taking Henderson with the number two pick, I'd hit the Hornets up and ask about LaMelo. This is from a Boston Celtics standpoint. He developed some bad habits under Steve Clifford last season. Maybe the Hornets want to shuffle the deck and pay Jalen Brown rather than pay LaMelo for an imperfect backcourt fit. This is the opinion of Kevin O'Connor. I just hate the idea of trading young talent that you already have on the roster. Right. I understand you're bringing in somebody else like Jalen Brown, but then you always have to ask yourself, why is the other team wanting to do this? Because Jalen Brown, you talk about playmaking and ball handling. <laughs> you wouldn't have multiple guys if you traded LaMelo for Jalen. I mean, this is the same dude that just had eight turnovers in this last series and was really bothered in the Miami series. I like Jalen Brown as a player, man. I don't want to. He's not trash by any means. Legitimate all NBA selection this year. Good defender. Offensively can help you out on the wing. He's just not a great playmaker for others. He's not Jason Tatum in that regard. He doesn't have the ball handling ability. He doesn't have the the knockdown, create-your-own-shot type of ability that a Tatum has. And so that's why I think there are clearly a, there's a big difference between the two. I'm not trading LaMelo for that. I, and he's 26. It, yeah, and, he, and he's younger. And LaMelo is younger, but but Jalen is not some like 30-year-old that you're just trying to get the twilight. I, I get the idea. I'm just not getting rid of LaMelo Ball. just Because the other thing, too, it's like as much as I like Scoot, we can all understand that this is an imperfect process. No draft pick is going to come in and be a surefire thing. So let's say that Scoot misses 
and that the shooting concerns are real. He gets injured. He blows out his knee. Something bad happens. Then you just traded your star point guard that helped you out. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion. So, yeah, I I don't like this idea. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, As we said before, especially with what LaMelo brings from an intangible standpoint, putting butts in the seats, the excitement he provides for the fans, the fact that teams – uh, their crowds want to see LaMelo when he comes through. He's one of the most exciting young players in the game. So I think you don't want to get rid of that. As we said, you need to keep that in enhanced with what you have already in-house. So I think that this would not be a smart idea if you could put together maybe some other package to get Jalen Brown and still keep your number two pick. Then that, I think, would be the most interesting it, if it, you're it, able to do that. Yeah, it'd have to be number two or or, or number Lamello. yeah, that, yeah. That as well. And and maybe Or just just a boatload of first rounders. But I but Boston's in win now mode, right? I mean the reason they blow it up is because they're ready for the chip. Yeah, and so that was also a situation that, that I uh pushed as well, saying that well could they indeed trade the second pick for Jalen Brown. So Well, and let me ask you, I'm, we're about to go to break, but remember at the beginning of Lamelo's career, the guys just he comes out gangbusters man the dude's awesome and we're having conversations about charlotte just drafted what could be a potential mvp we were having those types of conversations yes we understood the likelihood of it it's still going to be really hard but man every single month he won rookie of the month award and the only reason he didn't win it for every month of the year because he got hurt like that's sweeping it man even with Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton, Balt now he, Tyrese got it for the West. But even with Anthony Edwards starting to come along strong at the end of his rookie season too. All that to say, have we changed our ceiling on what Lamelo could be? Even after his rookie season, has that changed for you? Do you still have those high hopes? Is that possible, or has that remained the same? Even if he hasn't taken huge leaps from his rookie season. No, I think he can still be that caliber of a player. My main concerns are the injuries. uh, And then just when will he get to the point to where he can control the game, like control the flow of the game. I think, I think those are still the next steps for him. And by doing that, as we talked about in the pre-show, getting to the foul line, having that, attack mentality to where he gets to the line now, gets easy buckets and slows the game down, controls the tempo of the game. I still think those are things that he could work on. So uh, other than that, though, like I said, this is still a guy that you look at and you just marvel at the potential that he has and what he's already shown you. So uh, we'll get into this more. The draft is right around the corner. But for now, our is he a number one pick, number two, number three? What is he? Number one, Wimby style. Yeah. yeah, different size. He's not 7'4", but still number one, no doubt about it. We All were right. happy when we won the lottery. All right, our number one pick over there, Josh Fiddy Marlowe in his second flash of the day. It's all right to be little Fiddy. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fiddy. Wow. All right, guys, yesterday... Nick Nurse was introduced as the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And he met the Philly media and they pressed him on James Harden if he wants him back in Philly. Here's what the new head coach of Philadelphia had to say. Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. (laughs) That didn't answer the question. Well, (laughs) I would say this is that um, uh, James has a decision to make and... um, I'd be very happy if he came back. You think he'll be back in Philadelphia? 
I don't think this is the damning statement against him. Well, I just think Nick Nurse did not want to answer the question because he didn't want to kind of meddle within the basketball operations side of it. He kind of nursed it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That was good. I think he did kind of nurse it there. Yeah. If you want to give yourself the drop. There you go. Mm. Um, yeah, I just thought it was hilarious because of the different media you're going to be dealing with now. This ain't Toronto no more. Now you've taken a step up to Philly. Yeah, I think that I'm not sure why they want him back. His playoff reputation is signed, sealed, and delivered. There's already been rumors he wants to go back to Houston for what reason? Well, we know the reasons, and it's not basketball. <laughs> so why would you ever want this guy and pay him all this He's money? He's shown fan, you man. time and time again that he is a perennial playoff choker. So... Moving right along from that, when we return on the Wes and Walker show, it's Flashback Friday with Walker. He's going to give us some great memories from the past on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert, prepare to time travel. We're going right to it. We're going right to the time machine, going all the way back to 2019 on June 2nd. What were the topics of the day, June 2nd, 2019, you ask? One that everybody was paying attention to because it was being reported that the Carolina Panthers were interested in one potential player. One former NFC South division rival player for about a decade. Carolina would bring him aboard. Any guesses real quickly? Is there any guesses that you might have for the watch that we were on in 2019 for Carolina? With the description I just had, or were any of you listening to that? Well, isn't it in the rundown? Is it? Maybe it is. It was. I just want to make sure you weren't tricking. Well, you I didn't know that you were looking at the rundown, but that's straight. I'm sorry. This I'm always is, on point. This baby. is blown up brilliantly in my face, so I will just go ahead and tell you who the <laughs> athlete was. It's Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy watch is what McCoy. we were all on because we were trying to figure out, okay, he's about to leave Tampa Bay. What team is he going to go to? I remember we were talking about whether Carolina should go after him. And then it all kind of died down. And then it felt like it ramped back up again. Of course, Gerald McCoy would eventually sign on with the Panthers. And man, it was just a lost year for him here. It was unfortunate because he was still trying to get the bag right. He was still trying to be an effective player. And I liked the move. I I felt like it was a nice twilight year type of move. You don't have him on a big old contract. He plays. He finishes his career out here. He did play 16 games, but remember, they suffered a lot of injuries that season. And then you're talking about the Panthers underperforming in 2019. How much do you enjoy that, though, when you get guys that are like on the tail end? Like a guy that used to be as dominant as McCoy was, is it like a ho-hum type of thing? Or like, are you excited by it? Because I know I kind of don't like that when... 
Well, people celebrated the move, but man, remember they went five and eleven that year. So you're talking about I'm trying to look at their schedule. Remember, they went this was the second half collapse where it looked like, okay, they are guaranteed to have a back to back winning season. Yeah. And and it was they were six and Oh, no, it was a second-half collapse, but they had five wins to three losses, and then they lost to Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington. It just kept on happening. So really unfortunate loss season for Gerald McCoy. But I always thought that was kind of interesting. Everybody was uh, on watch for a division rival. All right, let's go to 2020 on June 2nd. This was interesting to me as well. The NBA's Board of Governors approved a league proposal on a 22-team format to restart the season in Orlando. Remember, we had to do the whole bubble thing, and this is what the NBA decided to do. And so with the details coming out, the teams that they included, because remember, it was at the very end of the season. Not every team was playoff eligible. If you were way far down in the standings, then you weren't going to go to Orlando. But they included a few teams that were right there in the mix to be playoff eligible, and the Hornets were one of the last teams out. And so we had a big old discussion about whether Charlotte should have been involved. And I never thought they should, to be honest with you, because at that point, it would have been a little bit of a stretch to include them in a situation that was still dangerous at the time. We had no clue what was going on. And so the NBA erred on the side of caution. And the other thing that you had to um, try to figure out is whether the Hornets were technically like, was it feasible for them to still try to be in playoff contention? And then, okay, now you got to bring them in, bringing more bodies to a situation that was a little dangerous. So I always thought it was fine that they left the Charlotte Hornets out. Do you remember that discussion at all a few years back oh, yeah. during the whole COVID thing about yeah, where the Charlotte because, should be included? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that as well. And it was just at that point, man, you just wanted any little thing that reminded you of normal life. So to be able to get some NBA basketball, I was all for it. I'm like, man, I can only watch so much Netflix. Can can I get some sports, please? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was it was huge because there, there were a couple of other things on this rundown that I had a couple of years ago. Baseball was trying to figure out what to do. That was a disaster. Fiddy, you can remember that. Like, I know that's what kind of got you back into loving the game. But before then, the negotiations, the players union versus the owners, that was as heated a debate between the two sides as I could remember in quite some time. And baseball has been like that a couple times, too. Yeah, no, it was just another example of how much people hated Rob Manfred because mm-hmm. they were really just all out and against awful. him. Um, but yeah, no, when baseball came back, that's when uh, baseball fitty came back too. Mm-hmm. So and He's wearing some Mets gear as we speak, decked out at it, baby. I remember being so nervous that they weren't going to play college football. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was, was like on pins and needles every day. Yep, 100%. Thank God for Trevor Lawrence and some of those good young men. Yeah, 704 <laughs> talked about the uh, COVID-19. Yes, 704 said about the COVID-19 experience, all I needed was Tiger King and I was good. Huge craze. Huge craze. I mean, man. It, I didn't it, watch it. Have you still not seen Tiger King? Oh, wow. I re- I re- you had all the time to. in the world to see it. I mean, you're three years late, but uh, it's still worth Watch your uncle, man. <laughs> the Tiger King? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's true. You could go back it and see It was funny, man. When those lions ganged up on him and was going to kill him until he pulled the, uh, he had the gun, oh, that was hilarious how they ganged up on him. It was, man. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, and plus, like... I it was it was jarring for me to watch. I I hated some of it. And then I think you had Doc Antle 
who got exposed a little bit later on as well, and he was some kind of character. Oh, your that boy guy that was, sounds like a bad guy. The boy that was eating a pizza. He was eating a pizza out of the Walmart trash. Who was doing that? Don't remember the one guy that lived in the trailer because he wasn't paying them any money, so they would go like, remember, didn't he say they would go in the they, back of the trash at Walmart and get out stuff like that? I don't remember that, but there's, I'm or sure there's was a lot of things they were making that. the pizzas in the restaurant out of the, it was something wild with the pizzas. I gotta, I gotta look. I just remember Tiger King <laughs> was the most used Halloween costume of all time. Yeah. And there were some great ones though. I wasn't even a hater of it, but people dressed up as Tiger King. If there's one place you would willingly go and eat out out of their trash can. Yeah. What is that one place? Because Walmart's like wow. the last place I would think of. Okay. Um, I think CC's is the last place I would eat out of. I'm not eating out of a CC's trash can. That just has all sorts of diseases I've never heard of written on it. <laughs> You're getting COVID-20 in that thing. All right, hold on. What I got you got it. for us, West? So they said that they would... Um, they said Joe Exotic's probably another place. Paid 150 a week. That's what they were making. They said to help his employees out, they'd get the first pick of the expired meat, which was often all they had to meet. If that weren't enough, all oh, they had to eat. Yeah. It's later revealed that Animal Park would use the expired meat to make pizzas, which were sold to their many customers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. No, you're, I do And it was off that. of a Walmart truck. Now, I, this is one thing. you talk, We talked about a very, <laughs> we talked about a very different way of it. You know, having a lasting memory. We're talking about menace to society and movies and shows that just hit you so hard. That's one that the world was was not ready for, but also kind of needed. It was crazy. None of that should have been real life. So yeah, one hundred percent. It was it was nuts. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. People are writing in some of the trash can stuff here. Eight five seven. Still at, still eat out of Dunkin' Donuts trash. All right. Yes, do you? It is National Donut Day, by the way. That was jarring. Really? I didn't expect that text. Yeah, it was. It's pretty jarring. Um, if it's National Donut Day, we need. We should have got some donuts. We should have. I didn't even, I didn't I even did realize know. it was that. Day. OMG and Concord, the best in the city. Best out. You had a donut take, Fetty, real quick. Was the donut truck still in the the parking lot when y'all came in? I didn't see it. Because at 940, but I, I think it was leaving because oh, like, it wasn't it opened up. But I didn't know, if I'd have known it was National Donut Day, I would have gotten us a uh, double or two dozen glazed donuts. It was like two bucks for a dozen. All right. Well, maybe we can, I don't know how we salvage it because it's the weekend <laughs> yeah. afterwards, but maybe Monday. We can just, just have come a, over. You know? we, we can just have a, you want to have a donut party at your place? All right. So we're going to plan the donut <laughs> party during the break. We have one more hour to go. Everybody can... Come over to Fitties, and we can have a big old fiesta. One more hour, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.